Good morning, church. On this last day of 2023, tomorrow's a new year with new goals, new resolutions, new opportunities for us. And uh, I guess whatever else you would like to be new in your life. Uh, So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning in the message. And our main text today is going to be Psalm 119. If you want to uh, turn there in your Bibles, Psalm 119. While you are turning there or finding that, (laughs) a couple weeks ago we had a visitor out here at the north doors of the church, uh, the church foyer. You can see the squirrel there peeking in the door. And uh, so we put this picture on the AMC family page on Facebook, and we asked for people to share captions, you know, to get creative. What is the squirrel thinking? What's a good caption for this? And um, so there were some good ones, and there were too many to share this morning. And so I went through, and I just chose the ones that had the most likes beside them um, to share this morning. And uh, so here we go. Excuse me, do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior? I'd like to talk to you about your the church band's extended warranty. <laughs> Where did those flower pots go that I like to dig in? I like that one. That was a good one. I've been around here for years and I still don't have a mailbox. <laughs> I'm looking for those baby Jesuses. Remember the baby Jesuses that the youth? That was actually from Kendall's Rock, I think. Squirrel is always looking for nuts. Or is he the Mississippi squirrel? Anybody know the Ray Stevens Mississippi squirrel song? Or yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think I had heard of that before. But when that, when that was shared by Bertha and some others, I had to go and watch the video again <laughs> from Ray Stevens. And uh, so the last one is the winner, Uh, Matt Lane. This is from Matt Lane. I heard from a couple of my buddies that there are a lot of nuts in this church, so I thought I would check it out. (laughs) And um, so Matt, uh, I thought Matt needed a Christmas present or a prize for this. So this is what Matt's going to (laughs) get as a Christmas present, squirrel. And so... I'll give that to him later. If you are uh, if if you're on Facebook and you haven't liked the AMC church page or asked to be a part, we have a private family group page too, where this actually took place. And so, if you uh, would like to be a part of that and you're not like those, ask to be a part of the family group, and we'll add you. And uh, it's just a fun place to kind of keep up with what everybody is doing and things that are going on. So. Okay, since we are talking about um, <clears throat> our Bibles this morning, I wanted to take a little informal survey before we read Psalm 119 here. So just raise your hands on these questions. The first one is, how many of you still use a printed Bible as your main Bible for reading, study, and devotions? Quite a few still. How many of you use a Bible app on your phone for most of those things? Quite a few. How many of you bring a printed Bible with you to church? Okay. 
So I guess some of you actually bring two Bibles to church, right? <laughs> if you have your phone. Well, that's my next question, actually. Uh, how many of you bring your phones to church? Almost every hand goes up. Yeah. Okay, one last question. How many of you read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in this past year? Wow, we have quite a few. That's awesome. And I, I know Clara Wood is watching online this morning, and I know uh, I've talked to Clara. I don't know how many years in a row she has done that, but she has done it quite a few years in a row. So um, that's a question we don't always ask here in our church at the end of each year. But when I grew up, the church I grew up in down in New Mexico, they would ask that at the end of every year. How many of you read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation this year? And uh, so anyway, that, maybe that's an idea. For this next year. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. So let's get to our trip scripture text this morning. Psalm 119. I'm going to read the first 16 verses. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless. Who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. You've laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees, I will not neglect your word. There are numerous passages, of course, that we, could, that we could use this morning as we talk about the word of God. Two of those we heard read already, along with this one from Psalm 119. That one from Psalm 19 is also a, a favorite of mine. Verses 14 uh, are some of my most favorite words from David when he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Amen, amen, and amen to that, and to those words. God's word, the Bible, is such an important part for Christians of life, for Christians uh, and those who believe in God and follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Last summer, uh, Rhonda and I, when we were on sabbatical, we had the wonderful opportunity to take in the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. The Museum of the Bible is about two blocks um, south of the National Mall. And it actually has one of D.C.'s best views of the United States Capitol building. And if you ever get the chance, if you ever go to D.C., 
please, I would highly recommend you going to visit the, uh, this museum. It tells the story of not only the best-selling book ever, but the words, prophecies, and promises of God that have shaped our entire world for thousands of years. When we were there, we bought a book, and I put it down on a table in the foyer. If, as you leave today, if you want to just look through it a little bit to see some other pictures uh, from, from that museum. And, you know, it's nice to have a place like that in our country that acknowledges the importance and the impact that the Bible has had through the years. But one thing we have to remember is that story is always ongoing, you know, the Bible's living and active right now, as we heard from 2 Timothy 3. And it will continue to be that. It's not something, you know, you just passed. Uh, it's not just something from the past and only found in a museum. But with that said, this museum is something that I feel like is really needed in our world and in our culture right now. We continue to hear that Americans are spending less time with their Bibles and ascribing less authority to their Bibles than ever before. Various polls say that biblical literacy, illiteracy is at an all-time high. And one example of that is the Barna polling that they have taken over the past 13 years or so. You can see there on the screen. In 2009, 46% of Americans said that they read their Bibles at least once a week. In 2017, just eight years later, that percentage dropped, had dropped to 37%. Recent polls taken this year have shown that that, that percentage might be down to 21% now. And that's just once a week. I mean, that one time, when they answer that question, that one time might be when they go to church or when they, when they go to worship. I think most of us have probably heard those statistics or whatever in the news, but I don't really want to focus on that this morning. I want to focus on how we can make the Bible an important part of our daily life. Not only weekly, but daily. You know, we have those daily devotionals that we put out every quarter, put in your boxes and out there on the table. Um, which they are titled that way, our daily bread. But is the Bible truly our daily bread and our daily source of spiritual nourishment? You know, when we have a snowstorm in the winter, fortunately we haven't had too many of those recently and not one yet this winter. But when we have a snowstorm, what do people usually joke about uh, going to the store to, to to stock up on milk and bread. And, you know, I guess for some reason, those have been seen as like food staples in our diet for years. But when I think of scripture being daily bread for us, I think, I think of what Jesus said to Satan when he was tempting him in the desert. You remember Jesus had been fasting during that time, 40 uh, days in the desert. So he, he was probably hungry, very hungry. And so Satan says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
And how does Jesus answer him? He answers him by saying, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every, every word that comes from the mouth of God. That word, of course, being scripture and truth and promises that we find in the Bible. Your Bible is the most valuable source of wisdom and guidance for any kind of change and restoration that can take place in your personal life, in our church, in our country, and in our world. Newsflash, it's not YouTube. <laughs> we've rel- I mean, YouTube's great, but I think we've become to rely on Google and YouTube way too much with uh, the convenience that it is. Now, it's important that we don't worship the Bible. We worship God, and we worship His Son, Jesus Christ. But Scripture is is God-breathed and is useful for so many things that that we need help with in this world. It really, it, it tells us how to live in a world that is filled with dangerous curves, dead-end roads, and the hopeless feeling of sin and guilt in our lives. And so so God's word must be held in high esteem in our homes and in our lives. I saw a quote one time that, that said, Scripture abandoned in the home leads to a generation no different than the world. Tomorrow is January 1. I don't need to say that. We said it already. I think you know that. Some people are going to start New Year's resolutions and do something different or make to make themselves better in this new year ahead. And it'll start tomorrow on January 1. Some of those resolutions will last. Some will not. I would tend to say most will not (laughs) at least last the whole year. Some may only make it to the middle of January. So I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution this morning. Instead, I am asking each of us to think about how we are going to use our Bibles in 2024. How are you going to allow the Word of God to transform you, direct you, and lead you in this year that is ahead of us? I also wrote about this in the church newsletter for this month of January. It's in your boxes today. Because I feel like this is something that that we really need to take hold of in this new year that is ahead of us. And since tomorrow is January 1, it's a convenient Sunday to talk about this and give us a, a fresh start tomorrow. The words of Scripture... Tell us about a true God who loves his children, who established for them a way of salvation and provided a way to eternity in heaven. It tells us how to live in this world. It tells us how to respond to evil, how to respond to our enemies and the hard things that we face in this life. It speaks of hope and peace in a world that is bent on despair and hatred. It tells us how to view the world and how to live in it. 
And we need that in our life each and every day, don't we? As David says, it's perfect, it's refreshing to the soul, it is trustworthy, and it is more precious than even pure gold. This is how the Message Bible translates that 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 and 17. It says, There is nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, it says, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. You see, the Bible is fully inspired by God. That's what God breathed means. God moved and God guided the authors of the Bible as they wrote it. At the same time, those writers were also allowed to utilize their own styles and, and personalities from you know, the likes of Moses to David to Matthew and Paul in the New Testament and many others who were used by God to record God's stories and God's ways. But ultimately, the words of the Bible come to us from God. And that's why we are told that the Bible is authoritative in every subject that it addresses. From historical to scientific to moral to ancestral geographical, and any matter of faith and practice. God gives us the truth and and gives us direction through his word. You know, it's one thing to know all of that and to believe it, but it's another thing to make sure that it's a part of your life. Not only occasionally, but all the time. So how can, how can you make it be that for you in this year that's ahead? How can you make this year different in how you allow the word of God to shape you, to lead you, and to bless you? How can you make the Bible your daily bread? First of all, think yourself in your mind about ways that you can allow that to happen. I mean, you, you, know, you, know your, you know your life and you know your schedule and all of that better than I do. So think, think through that yourself as well. But I am going to offer some ideas this morning if you need them. First, set a daily time that is devoted to Bible reading, devotions, and prayer. You know and I know that our busy schedules are often what gets in the way of spending time in God's word. But if you have a set time of day that you do it, it's going to happen more often than not. And uh, you know, early morning when you wake up, I've heard of some people getting up really early to exercise and all that before they go to work. That's great. Exercise is great. 
But if you need to get up earlier to get into the word and read the Bible, then maybe that's a time that you need to do that. For some, it might be late at night before you go to sleep. Maybe it's during your lunch break. So I know some people get longer lunch breaks than others. And I'm going to advocate for teachers because teachers do not get a long enough lunch break. (laughs) A lot of us get an hour. They get like a half an hour, if that. Anyway, that's another soapbox thing. but (laughs) But what time works best for you? And when is the best time for you to receive what the Lord has for you from his word and from your time in prayer? Another suggestion would be to find a quiet, comfortable space for that time to happen. Maybe, you know, it's in front of your fireplace in the wintertime, or maybe it's out in nature during the warmer months. Perhaps it's in a sunroom where you have windows all around you, or maybe it's in a bedroom where you can just find quiet and solace. If you are retired, you probably can find more time for this. If you have kids at home, it'll probably be tougher to find time or a quiet place, but you still need to. When you're raising children is when you need the wisdom and the guidance of God's word the most. And so, you know, maybe part of the solution there is reading it with your children, making them a part of that, or finding ways to make it an important part of their day as well as yours. But if you're a parent, I also encourage you to find time, uh, alone time with, with God as well, time for yourself and God Um, alone another idea is to have a plan as i said in the newsletter article this past year i listened to the bible read out loud on my phone from genesis to revelation and i followed along i didn't only listen to it i actually followed along reading it and i found that i've never done that before i found it to be so very helpful um And it really became a a daily discipline for me. There was a part of me, of course, the OCD part of me that, uh, you know, didn't want to fall behind schedule. Because if you fall behind schedule, will you ever catch up? Those kind of things. But there was another part of me that was was just excited to see what am I going to learn today? What am I going to gain from this today? And what am I going to be able to apply to my life? today with that i did it in the morning that's that's when i would do that if you have a plan you can at least form it to where it suits your preferences your goals and your desires there's many ways you can do it of course you can start with a specific book of the bible if you don't know which one to start with i would recommend the book of john in the new testament that's always a good place um, to start Uh, You can follow, you can read the chronological order that the Bible was most likely uh, given to us. It's a different order somewhat than what we have the printed versions of. Um, Maybe you can use a devotional guide that will help you in that. Or maybe you can find apps and websites. That's a blessing we have these days. We can find those kind of things that will help us as well. The app that I used this past year was the YouVersion Bible app, 
which not only has the Bible in many translations, but it also has guided plans, the one I used, and it also has that audible reading of quite a few translations, if you uh, prefer that. And I put that app up there in the corner of the screen so you can see what it looks like if you go on your, your phone and the app store and go searching for it. It's free. I mean, I think most, most all parts of it are free. There may be a few areas that are not, but I've never found them. It's, it's been free. So another suggestion would be to be flexible. What I mean by that is if you have always read the King James Version of the Bible, try another translation this year. I grew up with the New International Version, the NIV, and most of the verses that I memorized over the years were in that NIV uh, version. But I've found some great insight and understanding by looking at other translations and paraphrases of those verses through the years. Of course, you know, most translations have been very careful to translate the Hebrew and the Greek languages into the English languages as close as possible to what our English American language is today. Um, some of my favorites, if you're wondering, beyond the NIV, uh, have been the New Living Translation, the NLT, which actually uh, I've just read in the past year, the NLT has become the second, behind the NIV, has become the second most best-selling Bible in the world. So the NLT is an option. The Contemporary English Version, which is CEV. And then there's the Message Bible, uh, if you like more of a paraphrased uh, option. But I would suggest you change it sometimes, or maybe... Take several translations and compare one to another as you study and discern the meaning and the context of a passage. Another Bible that I highly recommend, it comes in several different translations, is the Life Application Study Bible. We've been presenting that to those this past year who have been baptized. And uh, I like it. Um, I, I really like it. So I would recommend that as well. Next, I want to encourage you to go deeper sometimes as well. You know, it's great to just read the Bible for our own growth and inspiration. But it is even more helpful when you can study it deeper and even discuss it with other believers. A deeper study on your own or a Bible study group can help you to dig deeper into the word. We have options here at Arthur Mennonite that you can take advantage of. Christian education, which happens at 930, is one of those opportunities. There are several life group Bible studies the, here at church that you could get plugged into. We're always looking for new ones. There just was a new one that, that started up called Grounded. I think it's mainly uh, women that are in that are mainly for women. But there are others that are mixed with both men and women. Often when we discuss God's word with others, it helps us to deepen our understanding and provide valuable insights that we maybe wouldn't have discovered on our own. Just this morning over in Christian Ed, we had several of those instances happen as we were talking about the Magi coming to visit uh, Jesus when he was born or soon after he was born.
And also, when we're in those kinds of settings and those types of groups, Bible study groups, not only does it provide insight and, and opportunities to discuss and, and things with other Christians, but it also can be a place for us to encourage each other and, and talk about some of the difficult things that we are facing in the world and how the word relates to some of those things that we are facing. Finally, the, the last thing is I want to encourage you to be patient and persistent in this. You know, starting something new or building a habit, it takes, it takes time. So be patient with yourself, but stay persistent. Even if you miss a day here or there. And hopefully it gets to the point where, you know, you just can't wait to pick up your Bible and see what the Lord has for you that day. Some of you might be at that point already, and, and uh, that is great. But consistency is the key over time that will help you to make God's word an important part of your life. A daily life. Remember, the goal is not to just read the Bible. It is to internalize its teachings and let them shape your thoughts and attitudes and actions. So, you know, making God's word your daily bread requires commitment. But the spiritual nourishment that you receive is going to be invaluable to you in your journey of faith. And so my prayer for this coming year is that God's word comes alive in our lives, in our churches, in our families, and in our marriages. Alive in a way that is, is new and powerful and truly life-changing. And, you know, if you have a desire for it, if you, if you seek after Jesus and his direction, I know the word will be alive and it will be active in your life. Not only in this year ahead, but every day and every year of our life. As believers and as followers of Jesus, we need to ask him and seek after him at all times. You know, we, we know Jesus said that when we come seeking, when we come knocking and asking for his help, he will answer. And so if you, ta- if you find time for God's word in this year ahead, I truly believe and know that God will bless you for that. God will lead you with it. And God will guide you in life with it. And so I hope you will make that all-important decision to make his word your daily bread. Let's begin with that tomorrow on January 1, okay? All right, let's stand, uh, let's stand together and ask the Lord to help us to make that happen here in this, this new year that's ahead. Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, bringing us through the celebrations of Christmas, which celebrate your birth this past week. Lord, we are so thankful that you sent your son Jesus into this world to to be born and then to live and give us an example of, of how to live in this world, but then also the, 
the sacrifice that he made so that we could have the forgiveness of sins and the salvation in our life and the promise of eternal life in heaven. And Lord, we know as Christians and as believers, it is all in your word. Everything that you have done for us, everything that you have promised for us, everything about our life and the future and everything is, is in your word. Lord, why, why would we not want to make it a daily part of our life? Lord, I, I want to begin this morning by, I want to pray for our nation. Those statistics are troubling. Lord, I pray that we would turn back to you. That we would stop turning away from you and going our own way and placing our trust in princes and presidents and kings and political parties and all these other things. Lord, help us to to realize that that your word is where our focus needs to be. Your promises of being with us is where our focus needs to be. So Lord, it's not that the other those other things don't matter. It's it's just that we need to have a clear and direct focus in our life of what is the most important. And so, Lord, I I pray for each one of us uh, this coming year as we decide how we are going to engage with your word, how we are going to let it affect our lives and change us for the better. Because we know it can. The promises that we we get from your word uh, can sustain us on the most difficult of days. They can give us guidance when we don't know which way to go in life or which job to take or or how to respond to someone who has wronged us. It's all in there. And Lord, so I, I pray that you would just, your Holy Spirit would touch each heart here this morning to say, what, what is the Holy Spirit telling me I need to do this year? And it's going to look different for each one of us. It will not look the same for all of us. But the thing that needs to happen, Lord, is that we need to uphold um, your word in our life and make it an important part of our life each and every day. I pray that you'd help us with this, Lord. Uh, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is, this is a desire, I hope, that we have as Christians and followers of Jesus. I pray your blessing over each one as we leave here today and we head into this new year. May you bless us. In so many ways, but Lord, may you help us to see how you are going to use each of us to be a blessing to not only each other in this church, but to all those other people you're going to place in our path in 2024. Help us to make a difference in the name of Jesus. We pray that and we ask that in your name, Lord Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. God bless. Happy New Year, everyone.